Jack Harrow said hemp can save the planet. It's the only thing that can save the planet. Well, it was it was impossible really for him at that point to quantify how that was going to happen, right? There was just nobody was growing it. There wasn't enough knowledge. Today, people are growing it. There's a lot of knowledge. People are turning it into products. So if we're going to have a plan to save the planet, right, every plan has to be quantified. You have to, if you say we're going to make all carbide. Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hemp Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining. When you do join, please drop in and say hello. Let Bruce and I know that you're here today. I'm excited about this conversation. It's a big buzz topic, Bruce. The topic of uh, carbon sequestration and carbon neutral or carbon negative comes up all the time. So I'm excited to talk about your background and introduce you to all of our audience. So Hello, everybody. I'm excited to have you. And Bruce, if you don't mind, give them an intro. Let, let us know where, you, where you're from, how you got into this, which background. Sure. Thanks, Mandy. Yeah. My name is Bruce Dietzen, and um, I've been in the hemp space since about 2013. And um, he, uh, yeah, it's, it's all about this, new, this thing about carbon, et cetera. It's, it's just so important. So I'm glad people are getting really excited about it. But I got involved in, in 2013. Um, I decided to, you know, I, I had been in the computer industry and the internet industry from all my career, and I was kind of like kicking back uh, in Key West and deciding, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? And so, like so many old guys, uh, I decided, well, I've got to design my own sports car, right? That's that's kind of a standard issue thing. And so I did, and then once I got it got it close to where I wanted it to be, um, the. Uh, <clears throat> I, I read about uh, about what Henry Ford did back in 1941, and that's making a car using a lot of plant material, and some of it was hemp, and he ran it on hemp fuel. So I thought, well, what the heck? I can do that. So instead of using fiberglass, I was going to use fiberglass. I would even made a couple of parts out of fiberglass, so that was kind of good because I could see, you know, and compare the two. Um, so I started making some more parts uh, of the body parts um, with, with hemp, and I found out it was a little bit lighter, um, which was interesting. It wasn't much more expensive, um, just slightly more expensive. And really the real cost in doing something crazy is that is is not the materials, it's the labor time when you're doing small one-off type of projects. But right. this, <clears throat> excuse me, this is an example of, excuse me, I got that right, um, yeah. of, of, of a bi-directional uh, weave, um, a regular weave, you know, just like your, your shirt. And that's what I used for the first couple of cars. And uh, now I've moved on to um, um, using something that's a little bit stronger that I've been designing. So net-net, uh, um, got, the, got the first car done, started to get a lot of attention, um, and ultimately was, uh, was approached by Jay Leno's Garage, and Jay offered, hey, he said, I'll, I'll fly you out here. I'll, you know, drive the, you know, you can, you can ship the car. We'll pay for the whole thing, et cetera. And we'll do a little show on that. And it was a weird show um, because um, their objective was out of the box. They called it out of the box. So uh, these were all different cars that were insane ideas. You know, and some of the other episodes during that series were kind of had the weirdest cars you've ever seen. But somebody came up with the idea, wow, here's a guy who made a car out of cannabis far out. And so um, got the car out there. And Jay was just as cool as cool as could be. Um, just a great, great experience uh, driving around the car with him. And you know, he's used to these super powerful cars. And I said, well, the whole point here, Jay, is not power. It's not, uh, you know, it's not super horsepower and this sort of thing, supercar. It's to show that we can make stuff out of hemp. And he's going, okay, well, that's kind of interesting and this sort of stuff. So we talked a lot about it. And uh, it turned out somebody somebody um, started to spread the word about the that video. And uh, it's been seen, I think, over 50 million times. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of visibility. And so since then, I, I've just uh, been experimenting with um, how to make uh, better and better and stronger and stronger uh, hemp biocomposites okay. uh, using um, uh, bioepoxies, et cetera. So I'm ex always experimenting with more more things like that. But that was the genesis that got me got me in, involved in uh, in hemp. And it all started with reading The Emperor Wears No Clothes and uh, by Jack Herrer, uh, because he was the one who documented um, the, the whole history of hemp. And that, that book uh, has turned out to be the uh, number one best-selling book about hemp in history. Um, and, and he went all the way back. This is all the way back in 1985 when he first published that book. And he was talking about global warming back then global warming. And he was approaching the U.S. government saying, we've got a plan, um, him and his assistants. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan. Um, we can save the world with this plant. We can make fuels. We can make cars. We can make, you know, the, go down the whole list, right? Um, and <clears throat> so uh, it was interesting. They turned him down. Um, they said, you can't do that. Uh, it, it said it's a genius idea. You mean we could make, we don't have to use uh, petroleum anymore, uh, right? He said, and, and we don't have to cut down trees anymore, cut down all these forests anymore, right? He said, well, that's a genius idea. I think this, this is the head of the U.S. Uh, Energy Department or something like that. Yeah. It's, in, it's, on, it's at the end of chapter two, if you, get a, if you get a copy of the book. It's a really interesting story. But, and so Jack's feeling really great about it and, and uh uh, apparently from what he says in the book. Uh, and, and then the guy comes back and says, there's only one problem. And Jack says, yeah. And he says, well, did you know that, that cannabis hemp is illegal? He says, of course, I've been studying this for 14 years. Of course I know it's illegal. I'm here to get you to get you to consider hemp instead. You know, and he says, well, you can't, we can't do this because it's illegal. And, you know, the guy immediately just kind of backed away, et cetera. And, and Jack, you know, said, I'll send you all the research, send him a giant box full of research. Mm -hmm. The guy, they never opened it up. They, they send it back to him. Oh, this is, this really? is, uh, I think that happened. Uh, I don't think that story was in the first book. I think that actually happened in a, uh, and was, uh, was in 1992. But then he, then, uh, then he added it on to a subsequent uh, edition sure. of the book, this story. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see where, where we've come. Uh, since that time frame, you know, since uh, since hemp has been legalized, etc., and so uh, that's that's kind of that's that's what led me to 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 make the car initially, um, and then also to start up carbon negative fiber to develop um, to develop advanced biocomposites. So, um, and I can show you a real quick prototype. It's seeing it on the <clears throat> seeing it on the big screen here. But this is uh, multiple layers of unidirectional um, kind of pre-stressed hemp fiber. And we're getting different samples of different fiber from around the world, et cetera, and experimenting with those and finding out what the tensile strengths, compressive strengths are, all that kind of good stuff. But Can you a net, net, it's, a little yeah. bit? Like, I'm, I'm curious to share, or I'm, I'm, I'm interested in how, how many of our listeners understand the value. Like, what is... When I, when I reach out and I start talking to people about, hey, we can make hemp cars and we can make auto body parts. And I've got this member and a, an advisor, Bruce, that's done it. And they say, well, what? Like, is it stronger? Is it lighter? You know, does it last longer? Can you speak to some of those benefits specifically? Uh, well, the, the main benefit is carbon to bring up your bring up your um, your mentioning carbon. Um, every material that is used to make anything has something called a carbon footprint or embodied carbon. And all that fancy term means is, is how much, how much, uh, how much energy measured in terms of CO2 uh, was required in order to make that product. So with hemp, uh, it's a carbon negative material because hemp, like all plants takes CO2 out of the atmosphere. That's what, that's what it uses for its structure is the carbon part of CO2. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't, doesn't take it out of the soil. A lot of people think that trees are made out of soil. The trees and hemp and every other plant uh, is made from CO2. That's the primary um, building block. Uh, so 
since it's taking the carbon out of the atmosphere, it's taking the CO2 out of the atmosphere, playing with it, breaking it up and using it, making sugars out of it, et cetera. Um, then if you take that plant material and you turn it into a durable good, right, then you're actually sequestering CO2. You're, you're removing CO2 out of the atmosphere. So the more you do that, the better off the planet is. And so there's, uh, uh, getting back to your question about the performance, fiberglass is not a carbon negative material. Carbon, uh, it's a intensely carbon positive material, carbon intensive material. For every pound of, car of, of fiberglass that, that's used, eight pounds of CO2 gets dumped into the atmosphere. So uh, that's pretty bad. C cement, it's a one-to-one -one ratio. You know, cement is, is one of the big things, one of the big problems that people are trying to address. Carbon or fiberglass, on the other hand, is dumps eight times more CO2 in the atmosphere because it requires a lot of fossil fuels to heat up the, the raw materials into, into, into glass, right? which is then spewed out as a, as a contiguous fiber. Uh, carbon fiber is actually worse. Uh, for every pound that you use, it's 20 pounds of CO2 that are dumped in the atmosphere. So um, as, as human beings over the last 150 years, we've basically just moved along and figured out how to do things better and faster and cheaper and this sort of thing. It's been great for the advancement of society, for those that actually get to get to benefit. There's a lot of people that haven't, haven't obviously. Uh, but we've moved forward uh, for the last 150 years without considering what the impact is uh, from the ways where we are doing things better, faster, cheaper. And now you see more and more of the world thinking, gosh, maybe we shouldn't be making stuff out of stuff that requires that fossil fuel stuff. Right. And so instead, if we make things out of carbon negative materials, hmm, maybe it would be a different world. Yeah. So um, and, and and of course, the one thing about hemp, you know, you, you, somebody could say, well, why don't you use potatoes or something like that or, or apples or cherries, et cetera, or, or, or even uh, even wheat or, or corn stalks, et cetera. The, the thing about hemp is it's just. It's just so perfect. It's such a, a versatile plant. Um, it's one of the strongest fibers in the world. And uh, so you naturally want to use really, really strong fibers if you're going to replace things like fiberglass and carbon fiber. It'll never be, hemp will never be as strong as carbon fiber. It's carbon fiber is almost pure carbon. Hemp is 45% carbon. You can't change that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what where we're going to go with with all of this it, it, hopefully as humanity as a, as a human society is towards a carbon negative future right mm -hmm. we we simply have to uh go way beyond this concept of 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 a net zero society you see you see people talking about oh we're going to be net zero by such and such date mm -hmm. that is so 2018 that is so passe any company out there say, oh, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. Right. That's, yeah. Uh, I, I laugh no when I hear that. No reason we can't yeah. be carbon negative, not carbon neutral, yeah. right? But right. And we have to do it right away, right? Mm -hmm. The IPCC says, and they said it, it, two, a year and a half ago, that we only have 10 years left before we might go over this tipping point and then we can't control anything anymore. So not only do we not need to worry about being carbon neutral by 2050, it's total BS. We have to be carbon negative tomorrow. Yeah. And so that's the, so uh, myself and yourself and others in the hemp industry are, are all singing this song. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. Okay. So, so Jeff, how do, we, has a great, how do we get there? Jeff yeah. has a good question. Wants to know when we're teaming up with James Doyle longevity for a hemp built, built fueled race car. This is James's. <laughs> James is passionate about this too. If anybody doesn't know James, look him up. He's an awesome fifteen-year-old that's got an incredible background, but a passion for the auto space and the auto industry. Yeah, I would like to. Um, uh, he is a really entertaining and 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 very bright young man, and his dad is a real cool guy too. And we've talked many times. Um, for those of you that don't know James, he uh, he has interviewed just about. Anybody that's any that's ever been anybody in the automobile racing uh, mm -hmm. industry, 
and uh, it's just long hair, young young kid, and, uh, just Extremely energetic, etc. Yeah, very bright. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, hopefully, we we will do something. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of people that have contacted me said let's let's make a hemp supercar and this sort of stuff. A lot of people have grand plans. A lot of people don't necessarily follow up on it. But I, I suspect with James that, that that will probably happen sometime in the future. And, and he doesn't uh, have the patience. You know, that's one thing that I really, that you see in the industry is there's a lot of talk about, well, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And just like you said, we're running out of time. And so I like when I talk yeah. to him and he says, listen, I'm tired of hearing that it's going to take time. Like, we have to fix it tomorrow. <laughs> and so, yeah. So how do we get there, Bruce? How do we get to a carbon negative? Place? Well, I'm I'm glad you ask, Mandy. I am really glad you ask. Um, one of the one of the initiatives that I, I started here recently, um, uh, which is is kind of an altruistic thing. It really takes away my time spent developing these uh, biocomposites, but it's something that I just feel very strongly about, and in fact. Uh, it, it, it's attracted a lot of other people that have that have that feels uh, strongly about it, including yourself. Thank goodness, because you you have helped to uh, build our team very rapidly over this last month. And it's it's called uh, Drawdown Hemp, uh, and you can see the details at uh, DrawdownHemp.org. So um, the whole concept is right. Ever since 1985, when when Jack Harrer said hemp can save the planet. It's the only thing that can save the planet. Well, it was it was impossible really for him at that point to quantify how that was going to happen, right? There was just, nobody was growing it. There wasn't enough knowledge. Today, people are growing it. There's a lot of knowledge. People are turning it into products. So if we're going to have a plan to save the planet, right, every plan has to be quantified. They're, they're, you have to if you say we're going to make all car bodies out of hemp material in the future, or if we're going to, instead of using concrete and steel to make buildings, right? Um, both of those are carbon positive materials. Instead, we're going to use say things like hempcrete, and for the structure, we're going to use engineered timber, right? And lo and behold, it's possible. It can right now. It's possible to make hempcrete buildings that are forty stories tall where the structure is actually held up by engineered timber and the hempcrete is still just an insulating material. It's, it's not what's holding it up. Uh, so, but if we're going to do these things and we're going to convince the powers to be that we need to do these things um, on a big, big scale, we have to have the numbers behind it. We have to know what the difference is, it, it, it is in cost. We have to be able to say, uh, we need to be able to go to people like Elon Musk, right? Jeff Bezos, uh, Warren, Warren Buffett, um, whoever, um, and all the all the political leaders around the world, we have to be able to go to them and say, "Here's the here's the package. Here are the numbers. If we do this, if we start making all of our buildings out of hempcrete and engineered timber, etc., instead of using the concrete and the and the steel, um, it's going to uh, take this much CO two out of the atmosphere." And that's that's called carbon reduction. And that's what the X Prize is all about. They're only focused on carbon reduction. But then on, on top of that, it's also going to avoid a lot of CO2 being generated because we're not using all those fossil fuels to create the steel and the concrete. Well, and right? I think so that's, got the biggest, that's the biggest piece to this that I just don't think is discussed very much, you know, because carbon sequestration is such a buzzword right now. And carbon is a buzzword. Yeah. buzzword. Yeah. But understanding the difference in the footprint making those products compared to a hemp product is black and white. It's night and day difference. Yeah. So so that's what that's what our team is is about. And I think we're at twenty seven people, uh, twenty eight as of this morning. Um, and it's uh, a lot of it again is is thanks to you. Um, and uh, so we're breaking up into different teams. You know, focusing on these different solutions. Uh, I mentioned hempcrete. Another big one is going to be, I think, I think, but we don't know until we run the numbers, is going to be biochar. I'm, I'm spending the whole afternoon. I'm going to do a Zoom session um, this this whole afternoon. And anybody that, on the team, I think we've got eight people on, on biochar uh, that wants to 
pop in and start to add some more research, et cetera. Uh, we're, we're trying to quantify this, get a, get a handle on all of it so that we're able to go out there and publish it to, uh, to the, the, uh, the president, seriously, um, uh, we, to prime ministers, uh, to city manager or city mayors, etc. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to wants to listen, right? And and, and philanthropists. But the bottom line, you have to have those numbers. You have to put it all together. You have to show how much it's going to um, sequester and how much it's going to avoid. And then what is the cost? Now it might mm-hmm. cost a whole lot of money to do something like this, but guess what the alternatives are, right? These giant machines like direct air capture, et cetera. Um, it's going to cost money to make a whole bunch of those things too. So it's not just a function of you say, all right, we're going to use, uh, we're going to use hemp instead of fiberglass and, and it costs, it costs almost the same, you know, some of these solutions like biochar, if we put biochar in every, every uh, bit of cropland around the world, that's a pretty expensive proposition, but immediately it would, uh, it would be sequestering CO2 right away. Um, and also would probably be increasing the yield, reducing the amount of uh, world hunger. So there's all sorts of co-benefits uh, to, to, to doing this um, as well. And so we're looking at documenting and quantifying all of that as well. So it's, it's a big task, but doggone it, somebody's got to do it. So we are. That's what our team's out, all, all about. Okay, so how do people get involved in the team? Like, tell, tell me about the team. Tell me about the projects. Tell me about... Um, yeah, what, why did we pick Drawdown Hemp? Talk to me about this. Yeah, um, in twin, great, th- thanks. That's a perfect question. In, in 2014, there was an initiative that was started that was called Project Drawdown. And uh, it was led by a gentleman by the name of Paul Hawken. And his, his idea was, I, I want to have all these various different teams out there around the world that have ideas about how to draw down CO2 out of the atmosphere. And he also was interested in carbon avoidance as well, by the way. But um, it, it, I guess the drawdown name made sense. Anyway, uh, this is in 2014. And guess what was still considered as, as dangerous as heroin in 2014? Hemp. Even the, even the stalk of a hemp hemp plant right well, you can't have so, that what if so the kids crazy. what if the kids get a hold of that sock oh my god so i i had someone just the other day say well there's no way we can grow hemp out here you know as a as a uh, commodity in our agricultural rotation crops because if our if our neighbors cattle get into it we're, they'll be high they'll all be stoned no but yeah no <laughs> there's still so much education that has to happen and it's still so funny to me we joke yep. about it but reality is, is these conversations have to continue because there's still a lot of misinformation. <laughs> there is. So anyways, so, go ahead. So anyway, um, it, it, so back in 2014, way back in 2014, uh, when they were doing this, they had 83 teams and each one of those teams had their own idea about how to save the planet, right? And so they did exactly what we're doing right now. Uh, they went out and they did the research. They found out how much, you know, just give you an example. I think one of them was bamboo. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good example. And it was like the eighth uh, most important way or most uh, effective way um, to help uh, draw down CO2, uh, which tells you something right away there, right? If bamboo is that important, there are 83 different solutions. And so each team had to go out there and quantify how much CO2 could be sequestered, how much could be avoided, what would be the cost to do that, what would be the green premium, as Bill Gates likes to call it. Um, if it's that important, if it can make that much of a difference, if it costs a lot of money, then you got to get the government involved in this sort of stuff, et cetera, to, to help back it. Um, but uh, So each one had their own um, presentation in the book. And so that when the book came out, I can't remember when that was, I think it might have been 2017 or 18. Um, it, 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 in the back of it, it said coming soon, coming attractions or something like that. Yeah. And, they mentioned, and they mentioned hemp. And they had like one page on hemp, which was great because they recognized that, you know, after, after a couple of years, they're going like, 
people must have been saying, you know, hemp's pretty important, but it still wasn't, you know, fully legalized. So they say, just stay tuned because you're going to learn more about hemp later on. Well, I don't think they've ever picked up the ball. And so that's what we decided to do, pick up the ball at this point and do the same thing, quantify what hemp can do. And if, if bamboo was like the number eight uh, and hemp can make a whole lot more things than bamboo, right? Um, it's just, uh, I, I suspect what we're going to find at the end of the day um, when we finish all of our studies is that hemp is going to be one of the top five, if not better, ways to um, reduce CO2 um, out of the atmosphere and, and to reduce the amount of CO2 being dumped into the atmosphere. And it's going to have a lot of side be benefits too, right? Um, yeah. We can make a whole lot of stuff out of hemp, like houses and uh, and biocomposites, you know, for the marine industry, for the aerospace industry, for uh, automotive industry, for the sporting goods industry, all these things. Um, and then at the same time, we're going to have a, a a few, a little bit of uh, grain also grown as a as a result of this, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're start talking about you know massively growing hemp. In places around the country or around the world where bamboo can't be grown, it's a lot more of a versatile plant, and uh, it also it also has a tendency to create these really fantastic uh, grain seeds that that can feed not only humans and potentially end world hunger, but also um, livestock as well. It's a tremendous source of, as you know, protein and and omegas. So it's it's really pretty exciting. It's okay. So talk to me challenges, right? When we talk about the carbon sequestration and the need to actually quantify it, what are some challenges we're running into and what maybe should the industry be paying attention to or our teams when we talk about quantifying carbon, right? Or quantifying what we're working on. What are the challenges? <clears throat> Is that your question? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say right now, um, we have a wide open field and nothing really can stop us. Uh, that sounds kind of weird, but um, the, the impediments that we've had over the last you know, years, I guess, um, is that when, when people talk about carbon and saving the planet, um, people with big, 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 well, corporations with big, big, deep pockets start to come up with these solutions, right? Um, and th they may be man-made machines and this sort of things, etc. They have big money, so they invest in, in some of these technologies, etc. Uh, and next thing you know, they, they've got their PR people putting out these press releases, etc. We've got this new technology, boom, 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 boom. And we're going to do this and we're going to mine minerals and then spread them all over the ground. Or we're going to make direct air capture machines. And I, I don't want to slam any of these guys. Um, but basically what's what's one of the big, big problems with that is that it allows these fossil fuel companies to continue doing business the way they have done business. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if they make a big mess, but they say this is how we can clean it up. Right. It's the old. I, I can't remember what that 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 adage is, but you know, create a problem and then come in and offer a solution, right? And that's what the fossil fuel industry has done. Yeah. So, and they get the, they get a lot of they get a lot of attention um, with these solutions that they're they're offering up. But the the answer has been right there in front of us all along for thousands of years. We instead of making stuff that's uh, out of stuff that's pulled from underneath the ground um, or, uh, you know, like, like minerals that are mined or petroleum, uh, you simply do what Henry Ford said. Don't, don't, don't rely on stuff from underneath the ground. Rely on stuff that you can grow above the ground, right? Yeah. Rely on crops. Make everything from crops. And this is, this is not a radical new idea. This is something that has been advocated by people like Henry Ford you know, a long time ago. So now we're finally getting to the point where <clears throat> people could potentially take this seriously. And if our numbers prove out and we show that hemp can help sequester and, um, and avoid literally thousands of millions of tons 
So gigatons of CO2 per year at scale, um, then that's going to make hemp in, uh, paramount. I mean, it's uh, how, I mean, it's the fact that you can use. Yeah. Pardon? It's game changing. I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's game changing and it's, and, and when, when it's finally recognized for its opportunity, for its opportunity to, to help, it's going to be, oh, my God, we can't we can't live without it anymore. That's that's where it's going to be. So yes. it's not just going to be occasionally people wearing hemp clothes or driving occasional hemp carts. It's 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 going to be one of the best ways that we can save the planet while simultaneously doing a couple of other things, some what we call co-benefits. Uh, one of those co-benefits is is ending world hunger. That's huge. And and hemp seed can be used right now in, by so many different uh, industries right now. It can be adopted without a whole lot of changes, et cetera. You know, you don't have to decorticate, right. you know, hemp seed, right? <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to start using it right away, you know? Yep. Um, so there's, there's nothing that, that really can stop us once, once, it's, once it's available, once it's approved for animal feed. It's already approved for human feed. So that's that's one of the benefits is ending world hunger. The other one is changing the economies of poor countries, right? Um, as as you well know, if you grow hemp and uh, you're not close to where it's going to be processed, and you have to ship it, you know, across the pond or a thousand miles, you know, from Wisconsin down to Florida, so I can play with it, you know, and, and make cars. It's it's too it's ridiculously expensive. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So what what's going to happen is the same thing that's happened with uh, most other types of crops is you're going to grow that crop where you're going to make those products. So let's say you're you're somewhere in the in the middle of Brazil where they've uh, they've uh, burned down a lot of the rainforest, etc. And so then now they need to you know figure out what they're going to do. Well now you, if they cultivate cultivate hemp, they number one can start to address the whole problem with deforestation and they can use it to build their own homes to build their own products you know everything from cardboard to you you, you know the whole spiel it has so many things that can be made uh, out of this very versatile plant so it's going to build new economies it's going to uh, it's going to feed the people that don't have enough food um and it's and it's necessarily going to be that way i mean uh, it, it, there's no one country or one state that's going to totally dominate uh, all hemp and grow all the hemp for the for the entire world. Economically, it's just silly to think that would be the way things will go. It's going to be grown regionally and used and and turned into products. And so, uh, poorer countries are going to be able to manufacture what they need, and they're going to manufacture their own food and their own clothing and their fuels, all this sort of stuff. It's very exciting to me. Right, and then what it's doing to the additional crops that are being grown after it. Right, that's another part. When we talk about disruption, is we're adding hemp. Hemp has an opportunity because of its root structure to add to all of these existing crops. We're not coming in and just saying let's take them all out necessarily. Or while we do, we'll move slowly and still aid in the production of the other, you know, corn and soybean and anything that's grown after it for the most part. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Pretty exciting. You ask if you would have asked me in 2014 if if we should just grow. Hemp after hemp after hemp after hemp. Absolutely, got to do that. But now, you know, I think we all learn. We we don't want to have uh, monocropped anything right. around the world. It's crop rotations. Um, it's all scientific about how to increase yields, etc. So, at a bare minimum, growing hemp as a rotation crop is is a great idea. Especially now that you know the. There's so much interest in regenerative farming, no-till farming, et cetera, that, that the root from a hemp plant can go down to something like two meters, right? Drilling down and, and, and providing uh, uh, nutrients to, the, to the, uh, uh, the life that's in the soil, and beautiful symbiotic relationship that's going on. It's, it, it, it's a game changer, like you said. It's a total game changer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Bruce, how do people get in touch? Um, 
the easiest way is simply to go to drawdownhemp.org. Drawdownhemp.org. And there's a little contact thing at the bottom, and that comes to me. Awesome. So shoot, shoot a message there, and, and you know, if you want to be part of this team, that'd be great. And uh, uh, we, 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 need, uh, we need all hands on deck, and so it's going to be fun, I think. Uh, and understanding that being part of the team is actually contributing to the research and contributing to the development, excuse me, development of the industry, right? We're, it, as much as it's fun to show up and chat, there's a lot of work that has to be done if we're going to quantify this, right? And so, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting. I think I think some people jump on board with this idea right away. Some get a little bit hesitant, like, you know, am I sharing my intellectual property? I'm a hemp entrepreneur. I've got this great new idea. Um, well, let me address that. Right. I when I when I talk to other people about the, the composite material that I'm developing, I don't give out all my IP. Um, right. But I do share what the overall market opportunities are uh, and with others that are doing similar stuff. Um, and the same same thing applies with anything that you're doing with hemp. Right now, we, we need to, if we want hemp to be successful, we need to at least get to the point where everybody in the industry wants to share the market opportunity data, right? And the, and the data about... What, how, how big of a contribution hemp can be to help draw down CO2 and avoid CO2. Those are the numbers as a community we have to put together. So uh, we've got a meeting with the biochar folks later on today. Um, and it, there's people that, that, are, that, that are looking at hemp biochar to, to do different things, right? But what we want to focus on is what's, what's the biggest hit, right? And try to document that. And then find the next biggest hit, and that sort of try to document that. But nobody's going to be nobody's going to be giving away trade secrets. But they are contributing uh, market information and scientific uh, study, etc. And then peer reviewing each other. That's a big part of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, for for years, uh, a lot of folks have run around uh, and, and and said, "Oh, hemp can do this, and hemp can do that, and it can sequester X amount of CO two, etc." Well, um, that's all fine and good, but it has to be has to be documented and has to be yes. agreed upon. So that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, there's lots of people that have come in. I want to say hello to everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Um, please drop a note if you're listening and haven't already made a comment. We'd love to say hello. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware of Global Hemp Association, um, I wanted to bring this up real quick, Bruce, because as we're talking about sharing information, I hear a lot of comments about this paradigm shift and the willingness to collaborate and bring information together and understanding that the group and especially Drawdown is about creating a platform where we have resources. Um, you know, it, I think you called it an open source forum or platform for the knowledge or the you know, so talk a little bit about the shift um, and how we can continue to stay on this collaboration, because I think this is really what it's going to take in order to move, move the paradigm and and really draw in the influence you mentioned earlier. Yeah, um, and that's one of the reasons why I love uh, Global Hemp Association so much. Right. Well, um, because because you've done. A, an outstanding job in a very short period of time of engaging people because you're providing a value um, to, to, to folks and a, an opportunity to network much easier. In some ways, COVID has actually done a few things that benefited um, society here, and that is the ability to communicate and collaborate a lot, lot easier because now everybody knows how to how to use Zoom. Mm -hmm. So you've used that very, very effectively. And I came out of the out of the computer and internet industry back in the early days when we developed things like uh, texting, right? Yes. It was called chat back then. Um, so yeah, yeah. And so I have I have a special appreciation for this whole concept of uh, eyeballs, 
That's what we used to call it. How many eyeballs are, are watching, you know, how many people are showing up on your website and this sort of thing. And, and so, but I came from, you know, a, a, di a different generation than you back in, back in my day, if you wanted to go out and make something happen, you had to wear a three piece suit, wingtip shoes, right? Thank God that's over. But, <laughs> um, and then you, then you met people one-on-one -on -one or you brought them out to lunch and this sort of stuff, et cetera. So now, it, it, you know, with the younger generation, which is you, um, embracing the, this type of technology to pull people together where they can actually start to, um, make things happen a lot faster is it's just explosive and it's just huge. So drawdown hemp is very similar in, in that same way, um, that, that we're really a community. We're a very small one. We don't want to be huge. We want to get people in, in, in our community that, that want to help put all these, all this data together so we can use it to get the attention of the, of the world leaders. But yours is, is much wider. Right, you have much more, much wider um, uh, a base of interest, etc. So, uh, but I think there's my hats still, off to what you've done. Well, yeah. thank you. There's a there's still this big shift in um, in kind of what you spoke about earlier. You know, people coming in and afraid of sharing their IP and afraid to share their research or their numbers. And now we've seen this understanding that in order to go to the next level and bring in that audience, it is a matter of of collaboration and understanding we've got support. You know, we're on a team. We're not out there to do this all by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. It didn't disappear or was not banned overnight by one country. It was everybody. And so it's really bringing it back, back to surface. So go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, I, I was going to say, plus there's urgency. Yes. Right. Getting back to that whole thing. <laughs> We literally have maybe only nine years left. And if if it's true and the IPCC is right and uh, climate change hits a tipping point of no return is the way they describe it. Mm -hmm. um, it and, and we're losing uh, so much of the Arctic and the Antarctic uh, ice, et cetera, that it's that it's it's just going to change, you know, the 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 patterns of how, how, uh, you know, the, the Gulf streams and this sort of thing. And, and, and then it's just, there's no, no way we can fix it. So that's the other part of this is, is, is the urgency. And so we, we have to bring forth the most effective ways to reduce the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere that humans can, can think of. And if we, and, and, and I'm already pretty well convinced that that hemp is going to be one of those top things. So that's kind of a, a, a cool thing that's 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 going on simultaneously with with the advent of just, wow, we can do that with hemp or we can do this with hemp. Yeah, well, let's let's do it all. and Let's do it really fast because yeah. we're running out of time. Um, so I want to hear out of all the projects that you see being made out of hemp, where do you see the most carbon being sequestered and what excites you the most? I'm assuming the automotive space, but now out of maybe the because I'm taken back and I have to give a shout out to the people that attend our meetings, both the, um, I almost said biochar, the drawdown and the GHA meetings, right? The ingenuitive minds and the creativity and the forward thinking that I, you know, out of the box thinking, um, it, it takes me back. It's, it's so exciting. So what I thought I was passionate about and what I was excited about, turns out it's really unrelated <laughs> to what is actually exciting me because of the people I've been around. So I'm curious from you, you know, outside of what you knew and what you're seeing now, are they still in line? Is it still the same excitement for the same products? Um, <clears throat> when, I, when I first started playing around with hemp biocomposites, I really didn't have a theory in my head that this would be really, really, really big. Um, the more I look at it, the bigger it looks. But um, it, it, bottom line, it, it, when going, getting back to Project Drawdown, they had these 83 teams um, kind of do the same methodologies in, in measuring the different things that could be done any, anywhere from, you know, uh, reforestation to, uh, 
to using bamboo to uh, changing the refrigerants and air conditioners, et cetera. They're well, disparate types of solutions, but they all pretty much follow the same sort of thing. At the end of the day, what Paul Hawken did and his team is they took a look at all of those studies and they stack ranked them and said, wow, this one's pretty high up there, right? This is this can make a big impact. So that's exactly what we're doing, too. And I think we're going to discover some surprises along the way. I'll give you an example. I When, I, when we first started to do this, I did the, the some analysis on hempcrete. I just assumed, okay, if all homes are made out of hempcrete in the future, uh, that's got to be the best way to save the planet. <laughs> well, uh, when I added it all up and looked at all of the, all the buildings that are going to be made, you know, uh, every year after year after year, uh, it, it's not enough to, to sequester a gigaton per year. And that's kind of the criteria that, that the X Prize is looking for. Um, they want to be able to see that you've got a technology that can sock away a gigaton of CO2 per year. And that is a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what also convinced me that, that you know anybody that's going to be trying to pursue the X Prize with hemp and they're only using one hemp solution, that's not going to cut it. Um, you, you have to have multiple hemp solutions in, in order to do in order to reach that that one gigaton. So we might get a hundred million um, uh, tons of CO two from building a lot of hempcrete buildings in the future. Um, we might get uh, a lot from biochar. Um, we've got some guys like Carl on the team, um, and uh, he, he's found studies that show that you know just adding a couple percent. Um, of the volume uh, into into concrete, he, he can sequester a lot of CO2 while also increasing the performance of the concrete as well. So you have less of it. So we start start to add up this sort of stuff. We start to add up how much biochar can be put into into uh, croplands, etc. Uh, going forward, um, that's that could be a big number. Um, it could be really expensive, but we got to find out what that number is and what the benefit is. And then we're just going to march down the line. We're we're going to try to focus on the on the on the places where there, there are some big hits. Awesome. I, I could I could rattle off a few more, but we're going to look at them and we're going to try to focus on the ones that we think have big opportunity first. Sure, sure. Hemp batteries excite me, and replacing the steel going in for the structural piece of this is exciting, and it's still so new. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very excited about the opportunities around hemp compared to lithium. Yeah, and um, I haven't studied that in depth, but that's one that's on our list. Absolutely. Um, uh, even the possibility of storing energy inside of our buildings, in the walls. That's something that, again, Carl Mar- Martel is, is looking into. And he's experimenting with that. Um, so there's a lot of room for uh, innovation. And uh, what's cool is every idea that comes in, we, we can start to uh, uh, quantify its benefits as we, as we go along, et cetera. And uh, it, 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 let, me, let me just mention about the, the X Prize itself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For those that aren't familiar with it. Um, the, Elon Musk offered up $100 million, right, to whichever team's can figure out the technology uh, that would be best for reducing the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. So it's, a, it's called a carbon reduction contest. And he executed it on the XPRIZE platform, which is a great organization. Um, and the first prize winner would get $50 million, and then the runners-up would split you know, $50 million, some student teams would get some. <coughs> All they're focused on is trying to find just a carbon reduction technology, which is great. It's a scientific way that things should be done. It, you know, get your scope of work well-defined and then execute it. So they're not interested in carbon avoidance. Of course, we are. We know that we can avoid a lot of carbon, you know, us hemp people. Um, so we're looking at both, quite frankly, and we're even looking at uh, the, the co-benefits, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So um, it was... It was in April when he announced this contest. And so when I was looking at it, I'm going like, you know, that just might be the impetus that we need as, a, as, a, uh, as an industry, a hemp industry, to pull, this, pull it together and pursue 
this opportunity. Fifty million dollars is 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 nothing to sneeze at. And so, if we win this contest, um, I could see that that those monies could potentially um, be put towards advancing innovation in the in the world of hemp and how it's used uh, to to reduce CO two. Um, but if we don't, it doesn't make any difference because we're still on the same mission that we were all on before. But now we've got visibility, right? We've got, we will have gotten in front of some really heavy hitter, um, important people that can go, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that hemp was that, was that powerful, that it could do that sort of stuff. You showed us the numbers, you showed us examples. And so yeah, it, it it's a beautiful thing. It, it's whether we win it or we don't is not is is not the um, is not the uh, only measure of success here. Right, right. Well, and we were talking about really looping in those those influential people, and everybody knows Elon's name. Everyone knows the Musk Foundations, right, or where sure. he's involved. And so I think it is. Yep. It's bringing the knowledge to the powers that be, and unfortunately, the industry needs a capital injection injection in order to increase processing. I know Daryl said something just now um, with the focus of regional processing facilities and spinning mills, most mills have vanished from the United States. And in order to retool or recreate that piece, capital has to come in, right? Um, Phil had a really good question here. Uh, uh oh, I think I lost you for a second, Bruce, but thinking about the focus on the big data is valuable. Sometimes Sometimes, or some of us need to focus on lower hanging fruit that's right in front of us and align with our calling. Any thoughts on local underdeveloped hemp industries? Um, I, th I think that Daryl just said it really well. The spinning mills are definitely something that we need to put attention to. Um, so it's great. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us again. Mac, I'm really glad to see you. You're welcome to attend anytime when you were talking earlier about the California farm. Um, I can definitely help connect you and get you started. Um, especially understanding that as you're farming, reaching out and um, finding your contracts first so that we know what we're growing for. The genetics really determine what industry or what market the product will potentially go into. But I think I lost Bruce. I hope that he still has Wi-Fi service or I'm not sure where he's at. But I really want to thank everybody for joining. For those of you that are new um, or haven't, haven't been on before, please log on to globalhempassociation.org. Under our events tab, there's all sorts of different events that we're hosting from R&D, uh, technology discussions, um, biofuels, biochar, uh, textiles, construction and building materials, and more. Yesterday, we had an awesome networking meeting. There were about 45 people that were on. Jeff, it was good to see you on there as well. I hope that you were able to meet some good people. Um, but you guys are welcome to join. We're a membership-based organization. I'd love your subscription. Uh, donations are what keep us going, and our memberships are what keep us going and keep connecting you guys. So I invite you guys to attend whenever you'd like or whenever you can. Um, you're welcome, Phil. I'm excited to have you on board. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be streaming live on LinkedIn. For those of you that haven't watched or haven't tuned in before, please do so. Um, we stream live every month, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So welcome back, Bruce. How did that work out? Did you get a Did you get a commercial in that in that short break? I don't know what happened to my computer. It's completely. It just went. It just went blank. You know. Yeah. It was just stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> everything's everything's plugged in. Oh, okay. Weird. Well, that's the internet. It's what we get for talking about this, right? Yep, that's right. <clears throat> understanding the industry a little bit and understanding the competition, right? Steel and plastic and the concrete industry, uh, paper, textiles, or cotton. Where do you see hiccups on the, I don't know if it's political necessarily, but when we start bumping into or up against some of these markets, you know, do you think that we're going to see pushback from the steel industry and from cotton industry? these verticals that are heavy in carbon emittance? Well, absolutely. Yes. You know, we are humans. We don't uh -huh. like to change. We like, we like to do things that we're comfortable with. And unfortunately, um, we also like to do it the, the fastest, cheapest way. 
and that's what got us into into, into trouble. You know, I mean, uh, take take steel as an example. I mean, it, uh, the cost of steel is 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 nothing. I mean, it's like pennies pennies for. I can't remember what measurement it is, but I've got it on a spreadsheet somewhere. If you want to replace steel with uh, natural fibers like hemp uh, or flax or what have you, it's going to cost you a whole lot more. Um, so um, that's one of the things that's going that's that slows us down. Um, and so that's why we really have to do what we're doing right now, and that's to quantify it and then make sure it's understood why it has value. But there's there's people that make steel that don't want to stop making steel. And uh, so I remember I was watching a, an interesting um, a podcast uh, with steelmakers a, a while back, and uh, they were all saying, well, it's, uh, yeah, we know, we know it's a problem. We're having to use a lot of these fossil fuels, but we're going to switch over to a totally green uh, hydrogen um, by 2050. And, and this this is like four or five of them in the same thing. And so it was, okay, great. We've got a plan. Okay. And, and all of them will probably be retired by, by 2050, mm -hmm. number one, uh, that we're in that meeting. And and number two is uh, it, 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 it's still their strategy just didn't even embrace the concept of going carbon negative. They're going like, yeah, well, maybe we can stop doing bad things to the environment in the next you know 30 years. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. But the bottom line is, you know, it's going to take the leadership of all the countries, you know, and, and, and the financial industry, et cetera. You know, uh, I think it's kind of wonderful to see that um, the financial industry is is talking about stranded assets. How much more money are they going to lend to these industries that are destroying the planet? Right. Um, how many yeah. more coal plants? coal-fired energy plants are going to be built. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a lot of those anymore. Right. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> but on the other hand, when these banks and the big banksters start to take a look at the numbers and what the opportunities are, right, if you start making things that are carbon negative, then the money's going to start flowing into those industries and they're going to be more competitive. Right. Yeah. So that's the future. Uh, there is no future in destroying the planet. There is a future in saving the planet. Well, and it's a real, it's real, right? We are seeing the effects of us, of the way we've treated our planet. And I think that that's something that we, our generations before us haven't felt those effects like we are now and like our children are. No, they're really our, our saving grace when it comes to implementation of what we're outlining, right? Yeah, you got a couple kids, right? Yeah. You have kids? Yeah. yeah. I remember you, one of your meetings, you were talking about that. And you've got a couple kids and this sort of stuff. So you have a you have a, a future to protect for those kids. I don't have any kids. So, you know, I, I don't know what my skin in the game is in, in this sort of thing. So, um, but well, it, I just it, 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 it gets me out of bed in the morning doing this. So yes. it's worthy. So, well, you know, it's I say all the time is if we if we can pave the way, they'll change the world with it. They, they are smart, they're motivated, they, they see the effects of the plastic crawling up in their backyard or in their food yeah. or in their diets or, you know, the carbon. And they feel these hot summers, you know, we, we eventually will pass on, they are really going to be stuck with the aftermath. And so, yes, I love that it's much more consumer driven. It's exciting. It's a, it's a paradigm shift and we have an opportunity to make a change. Um, Daryl made that, Daryl's comment just earlier that, you know, MJ is pushing against us. Alcohol is pushing back against us. Tobacco and cotton are pushing back against us. Pharmaceuticals are pushing back against us. We have to be as tough as hemp. And that's exactly right. Is you know, We have to be consistent and steady in our message and tough, you know, like the fibers. And so thank you very much, Daryl. That was a great comment. Um, yeah. Bruce, is there anything that we can do to help support you? You know, what what can we do to really support drawdown and support your mission and get you back to really building sports cars. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think the main thing is if you're, if you're interested in being part of the effort, right, to document and quantify what hemp can do to help save the planet, then reach out by visiting uh, drawdownhemp.org and send me a message there at the contact thing at the bottom. Yes. That's the main thing. 
that's the main thing. We do need people to actually uh, spend the time and do the research and um, do the quantification. Yeah. So shout out to those who have that or who have, yeah. have you know, accredited research that we can um, use and, you know, or validated research. Right. So, it, you know, you might you might be uh, in in the uh, academia world. Right. And and you're looking and you're you're doing some study. I think you had a, a couple of young folks on yesterday. I, I watched that uh, or the day before. I'm not sure. Uh, but you you may want to uh, work towards your dissertation. Right. And use have. Why is this thing going? Oh, no, we lost him again. <laughs> Right as we start talking. Well, we're at an hour anyway, so I want to say goodbye to everybody. Thank you so much for joining today. Please share uh, share these. Invite people to join. We, jo we're, we go live every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so we will be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. to discuss another awesome topic all around hemp. So thank you very much, and we'll see you guys next time.